Hi, and welcome to the Breadwinner Podcast. I'm Niels Brian Lowe, and each episode, I talk to a guest about how they're maximizing value from investments in technology like Salesforce and NetSuite. Yep, yep, I know, a podcast about CRM and accounting software integration sounds dreadful. But Breadwinner is out talking to customers, to partners, and to technical folks every day about this stuff. Breadwinner are constantly amazed by the business value that's being unleashed in this space. So, we've recorded some of those conversations to share here. Full disclosure, this podcast is brought to you by Breadwinner, who provide products that integrate Salesforce with ERP platforms, accounting systems, and payment providers. But the purpose of this podcast isn't to sell products. If you'd like to know more, head over to breadwinner.com. Otherwise, do just join us for today's conversation. I'm delighted to be joined today by Breadwinner CEO, Kurt Hopman. Welcome to the podcast, Kurt. Uh, thanks, Niels. Good to be with you. Well, it's great to have you here. Now, Kurt, I have no doubt you could fill many episodes just talking about Breadwinner's amazing products and the way they add value to your customers. But I really want to focus on asking you about the bigger picture, how you see the integration technology market shaping up in these more challenging times. Uh, maybe first, though, you could, you could tell us a little bit about your background in tech. Um, yeah, sure. So um, I started my tech career back in 2004. Uh, I was very lucky uh, to start my tech career right in SaaS. So this was right at the you know very start of SaaS, I would say, in the, in the first five years or so. And um, that company was a 75-person um, outfit focused on retail EDI, sort of the Gmail of sending purchase orders and invoices in between large retailers and their suppliers. So um, stayed there for 10 years, did a lot in technology product management. So um, right off the bat, was very concerned and focused with what sort of business problems customers were facing and how we could map our products to that and our product roadmap to that. Went from there to a small startup size um, outfit with you know just just two of us. Uh, we ended up growing that and selling it uh, back in 2018, and uh, worked for uh, various other companies from there. Mostly, you know, again focused on either product management or pure team management. And now here I am. Excellent. Well, it sounds like you're a great person to ask these questions to because you seem to have a very long run uh, experience in how technology plays into the market and how technical developments play to, to, to market conditions. What occurs to me is that we've all lived through 2022. I mean, there was a pandemic, a war in Europe started, rising inflation across the world, cost of living crises, stock market adjustments. We all lived through that. I guess the question now really is, as we move through 2023, what do you see as the big themes that will affect the tech world? Well, I, I think there's there's everything you mentioned, but I think there's a slightly more worrying phenomenon happening right now, which is starting from before I joined up in SaaS. Until now, SaaS and tech has enjoyed a pretty steady and pretty aggressive S-curve for about 20 years, right? And it's been... It's been interrupted here and there by by you know things like the financial crisis of 2007 2008 of course there's the uh, you know 2001 dot com bust but even through that we've pushed through as tech in this massive uh, world changing s curve of growth and the latest crisis really punctuated it by saying okay we're going to take 10 years of digital transformation we're going to pull it in 18 months because of a, a, a global uh, uh, you know, a, a massive 
<laughs> pandemic event. And that in combination with other events that are happening right now are really combining into this slowing or this topping up of that sort of macro S curve. And nobody really knows what to do about it. And it's causing people um, in the investment world, in the tech world to kind of semi-freak out um, because it's really, it, it, it hasn't happened on a macro level yet. So I think a lot of people are worried. And what that, what that has turned into is a response to the hiring wave of 2020 through 2021 is now we're shedding some of those jobs. And we're actually shedding a lot of them, um, a little bit over a quarter million globally. And that list is, is growing. In fact, I think just this morning, we learned that the folks over at Disney um, have decided to shed, I think, 7,000 jobs. And so that's just the latest hit in this overall narrative of we've hired a lot of people and now the pendulum is swinging from greed to fear. <laughs> and when that happens, CEOs are, are in, you know, sorry, CFOs are in charge now. We're thinking about more bottom line concepts than top line concepts. And we're finding ourselves in a more challenging business environment where we're really having to focus on how to do more with less. That's fascinating. And, you know, I guess I guess the other question for you is, you know, you see this, this, these macroeconomic conditions happening, but at the same time, you're out talking to breadwinner customers every day. You're you're engaging with them, talking to them, uh, hearing their concerns, their pains at a at a micro level. You know, what are the big themes? What are they telling you? What are you hearing from them about their business challenges on the front line? Well, I think they're all worried about how to sell um, and who to sell to, and without that, again, that top line growth they put a lot of energy into how can they sell more? How can they find those market niches? How can they grow? And while they're pushing hard in that direction, they're trying to do that with fewer and fewer resources. So folks are looking to their right and their left, and they're not seeing as many people there as there used to be. And you know that, that has a psychological effect. First of all, it's just hard. And second of all, it changes the problem space. It changes the math that people have to sort of contend with day in and day out. And so what we hear is people saying, look, I have, I'm massively resource constrained or I'm about to be because we've frozen hiring or we've even started to, to shed jobs. And yet we need to grow through and push through these economic headwinds. So, you know, there's, there's really sort of three ways I think people are contending with this because the, the math is kind of simple. One is you can have the team just physically work more, longer hours, become more intense, do more, but that's only temporary. And that's really not what we would do here, but it's, it's temporary. I, you know, I think you can do that for a little bit of time. You'll, you'll get more burnout um, and generally a less happy workforce, which no one wants. That's one thing. A another thing you could do is just do less, right? Like, with fewer resources, you could work at the same pace, but then achieve less as a team. And that's not a good answer either, because in a competitive environment, and especially one where we have these economic headwinds that we just haven't been used to for like a decade, your business can lose position and can drop its pace. And that's bad too. That's not a great answer. And so the, the third thing you can do, and why we talk to the customers we talk to, or more accurately, why they talk to us. The third thing you can do is you can find and invest in technologies and tools 
that act as a force multiplier on your team. So we can go back to that catchphrase, right, of doing more with less. And that's what every business is seeking right now. You know, again, there's this big pendulum where people are swinging from greed to, to, to fear. They're, they're going from offense to, to defense. And they're adjusting their tech investments, you know, in that way. So at, at least for our part, when customers reach out and talk to us, it's very much on that theme of we're buying defensively. We're trying to do more with less. Explain how you can help us with that. I mean, that's that's absolutely fascinating because I certainly know from uh, from you know my own experience leading an SI and and one that was very heavily invested in integration technology that customers have these these technology estates made up of different different components you know be it ERP CRM you know whatever the, the, the components of the technical estate is and it, it seems to me and you know, I'm keen to get your views on this that integration technologies whether they're they're you know outstanding products like breadwinners products or whether it's MuleSoft or Boomi or Soligo or Informatica you know it, it could be any one of these suites of integration tools whether they almost come to the fore more in these defensive strategies because you know the investments are already made in the technologies that sit on a on a customer's estate so this how to sweat those assets how to get more out of them quite often starts to become a question of how can I integrate them? How can I, how can I connect these systems to get maximum value from them? Is that, is that a theme that you see? Yeah, I'd say that's right. There's a short list of applications that every business needs to go by and, and direct most of their tech investment into. ERP is one, CRM is another. Sometimes you have cloud servers or things like that, but really it's, it's this small handful of investments that you make and then a long tail of other smaller SaaS apps. Well, it's almost always that you're you're plowing a lot of money into your ERP and a lot of money in your CRM because you're running your business primarily on those two systems. And because nobody buys, I shouldn't say nobody, but very few businesses buy ERPs and CRMs from the same vendor that have a native level of integration that's just perfect, right? That just does not exist. Instead, people just say, okay, what's the best of breed solution I can go buy? And then how can I figure out how to extract as much value from those things as possible? And a major vector of how you extract value is how well do they integrate? How does my team's workflow traverse these massive systems? How can that be as smooth and seamless as possible with as few errors, open questions, and and just on and on and on? So it really is uh, a phenomenon where businesses are looking in the mirror and saying, okay, we have all of this technology in-house. We've, you know, in the past three to five years, we've hired a lot of people, we've made a lot of investments. Now is not the time to keep acquiring more and more. Now is the time to more look in the mirror and say, what can we do to squeeze more value out of it? And integration is a, has been, and always will be a major part of that. Thank you. That's wonderful. And, and you know, just, just finally, you know, I'm not asking you to plug your products. People can go visit the breadwinner.com website if they want, if they want to uh, see those products. But what's your what, what's what's your vision for, for for breadwinner and for the market? Is you look, you know, three five years into the future, what do, what do you think that that looks like? Well, I, I see what we do as we're you know we're sort of a time factory, where we you know our products produce time. They sort of create it out of thin air, and we very much uh, won't depart from that theme. Uh, we aren't looking to diversify and do all these other things. Our specialty and, and the, you know, the, the, the heart and soul of our business is how can we let our customers extract more value from the technologies that they have such that they can 
save lots of time, confusion, headaches, stress, and who knows, spend more time with their family, with their dog, right? <laughs> There's lots of that, that folks can do if they have the right tech stack and if they deploy it in the right way with smart partners. We hope to be that uh, and we hope to help people there. Well, thank you so much, Kurt. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to come on the show and talk to me today. Good luck with everything you're doing at Breadwinner and facing the, you know, like your customers and families around us, facing the economic challenges that we all, uh, we all face now. Wish you well and uh, want to say a huge thank you for joining me today. Uh, you're very welcome. And yeah, thanks. Thanks for speaking with me.